Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. My name is Matt Scarano. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my dear friend and co-host, Mr. Dennis Vinci. Dennis, as always, good Tuesday evening to you. How are you? I'm just dandy, Matt. Just dandy. Another day, another dollar. Another day. That's all I got. Another day, another dollar, another day. <laughs> There's another dollar, then another day after that. Um, Dennis, uh, a lot of shows that don't have a lot of planned notes, but I do. Um, two show format, two show week format. So obviously, I will. We will get into uh, the Giants recap. Giants uh, get demolished by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, no surprise there. We. We all knew that was that was coming. Tommy DeVito obviously announced as potentially not the the coach for the rest of the year, but but the starting quarterback ahead of uh, Sunday afternoon's game. You know, I I have more notes in my Matt and Dennis uh, phone notes than I should about Tommy DeVito, but I'll just say this, dude. He's not a great quarterback. Obviously, Syracuse and Illinois. He's not a great quarterback, but dude's doing everything he can. Um, my initial thoughts, and we don't have to tiptoe, right? We can just get right into it. Um, just again, no shocker to myself or or you, based on what our you and I tried to be optimists a little bit. Like maybe if the Giants could get a defensive stop, maybe if you know it's a one score game at halftime, maybe something could make this game more entertaining than than we think it's going to be. But as expected, Dallas no trouble covering that spread. I didn't think they would. They would have any trouble with that. Um, we'll get into the picks recap uh, before the night wraps up. But yeah, T- Tommy DeVito, uh, a lot of people just Tommy DeVito sucks and blah, blah, blah. And, he, and he's not a, a great NFL quarterback. He's not cut out to be a starting NFL quarterback. That is obvious. But dude's doing everything he can. Like, so I, I can't, I can't blame Tommy DeVito. Had a nice touchdown pass to Sterling Shepard. You know, the effort on the field again, the defense two straight games who has been the bright spot up until kind of this point of the season, just, just getting shown up. And it's not a matter. I mean, it is a matter of just not being good, but it's a matter of you're just getting outclassed. You're getting outbeat by a team that's better than you. And the giants with every passing week look more and more like when this year is said and done, will be the worst team in the NFL. Um, It's looking more and more likely Again, we always want to mention the infamous Giants group chat, how there are disagreements, how I always say, and I will always say, I won't root for this team to lose. I don't think it'll matter what side of that argument you're on. If you're me not rooting for the team to lose, or if you are rooting for the team to lose to get draft picks, it literally will not matter because this team will probably get to a good draft spot regardless of who is rooting for them to do so or not. Um yeah, and and again, I think the most concerning thing, not even the score, Dennis. I I told you, I had I had a, the local hockey team that I go watch. I went to go see Phoenix, a House of Blues, at, uh, downtown Disney. Now they, they now Solar Bears. Solar Bears. I had that, and then I went to go see Phoenix at House of Blues at Disney Springs, and they blew the roof off that place. And I had it on. We went to a bar. Literally, we went to. It, it felt like it at some points. Um, we went to a bar, and they had the game. Oh, that insurance. I was I was watching a little bit of the game, but I wasn't like, oh my god, now we're we're down by this much. Oh god, like how can we get back into it? None of that. But what is most concerning again, 
is we touched on it last week. You're starting to slowly see players just undisciplined and you're starting to see players on the sidelines and they're saying they're not being heard. That not only continued this week, but it got worse and more obvious. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton getting back and forth on the sidelines. Darius Slayton getting into it with the Giants wide receiving coach on the sideline. Brian Dable having a very stern conversation with Wink Martindale on the sidelines. So now you're just seeing this more and more. And Dennis, we're not two weeks away from the end of the season. We're a month and a half away from the end of the season. So this is going to keep going. This is going to get worse. This is going to get uglier. And, you know, I have still much to your shock, I'm sure. I've still been listening to Boomer and Geo, and Boomer made a point where he's like, you know, and we can touch on this. He doesn't think Dable's job's in jeopardy. He doesn't think Joe Shane's job's in jeopardy. I don't either, in my heart of hearts. But some people, whether we know of their names or not, are going to lose jobs over this. I completely agree with that. Those are my initial thoughts. Again, Giants lose an ugly one. We get Washington next, which, you know, could be a winner. I think with DeVito at the helm, I don't think it is. I think I think we probably lose to Washington, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants uh, get a win. We'll talk about that, obviously, later in the week. So your, your initial thoughts, uh, Giants lose to Dallas, and then just kind of the state uh, a week later after talking about the Vegas loss. Um, best thing to come out of this game, the memes on Tommy DeVito. Fact that he still lives at home with his mom and dad. Fact that his his parents are just straight out of Jersey. That picture of them in the crowd screams New Jersey. Best thing that has come out of this week. Matt, nothing is surprising here. We talked about this last week on the podcast. We wanted to believe. We wanted to. The Giants make a play here. Defense does this. They're kind of in it. They suck you in. It's close at halftime. It's blah, 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 blah. But yet we both took Dallas to cover an obscene 17 point, or I think 16 and a half is what we had. Or did we have seven? We had 17. I it's think 17. when we saw it live, it was 17 and a half. I was going to say, Dennis, it was actually seven. It was 16 at the beginning of the week. It was 17. We recorded the show, and, and shortly before game time, it had gone up to 17 and a half. Yeah. So that's just an obscene number. But for what I said and what we both kind of agreed on, where is the proof that the Giants would cover that number? They've lost by that number or more, more times this season than they've been close. So it, why not take the team? I I gave the great Greg Castelli some crap last week in the, from the peanut gallery for locking them. I should have taken in the lock myself. I just think he's adding insult to injury. He's a cowgirl fan. He doesn't really need to do that. Lock one of the other five games, you piece of poo. But hey, it is what it is. I'm not surprised at all from what I saw. And the Giants even kind of did what we thought they might. Big turnover early in the game. Getting into scoring position. Making it as easy as possible for the offense. And yet somehow the offense came away with no points. When I saw the interception on red zone, I switched over to watch the Giants. Because I'm like, let's just see what this red zone offense looks like with DeVito. Is there some creativity? Is there... Any sort of let's just throw crap against the wall and see if anything sticks because we have nothing to lose. And I saw a defeated, pointless team, doesn't care, no points to come away with no points, right back to red zone. Because there were some entertaining football games to watch in the four o'clock window. 
I'm sure I'll see highlights from Dallas, New York. You know why? Because Dallas is going to score a lot of touchdowns. And that's exactly what they did from that point on. The game was never close. I'm not just going to write off Tommy DeVito. Look, the guy was an undrafted rookie making his first start. It is what it is against a really good team, a team that is trying to get to a Super Bowl. They don't just have playoff aspirations. They have Super Bowl aspirations. You're on the road, tough, hostile environment. So I'm not just going to blame anything on DeVito and say that he's clearly not an NFL quarterback. I think that's really, really unfair to put him in that box. Everybody else, though, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of the Giants. I mean, the defense, to they just look like they don't want to be out there. C.D. Lamb did whatever he wanted to this secondary. Dak Prescott looked like an MVP. Now, I'm again, credit Dallas. Again, this is a team, what I just said, Super Bowl aspirations. They have some talent, but we've seen more often than not, Dallas look like crap when they probably should look great. We've seen it this year. They lost to Arizona. They have no business losing that football game. We all know how hard Arizona was fighting in every game, and they made games closer than not. But every other team except them survived against Arizona. So we've seen them look like crap. They could have waltzed into this one like we thought, sleepwalking. And maybe they did. Maybe in the beginning they were just like, oh, it'll be super easy. Well, then there's one interception. All right, let's get our act together. CD, you go for almost 200. Our backup freaking running back is going to go for over 100. Get a score. The Giants were completely outmatched in every facet. And it's it's what we've talked about the last couple of weeks. They're on the Dunzo list for a reason. This team is straight ass. Ass across the board. And who gets fired? I don't know. I would honestly say, I think the one person, and again, this would have to be on Dable, Kafka would be the one guy. If he doesn't jump, I don't know how his stock would still be in the point of getting him a head coaching job. I think even Martindale, to a degree, there's no way a team, why would you take a risk on him after seeing this? But maybe you, to give him the benefit of the doubt of what last year was, and the defense isn't terrible at times, but I would have to imagine that both of them are back. They retain them. But Kafka's the only one I would worry about where Dable's like, no, we need to change on the offense. Maybe Dable wants to take over play calling whatever it may be, and they bring another offensive coordinator in. I mean, Other guys, sure, I see the firings, but I think they're to the point where the organization has talked with the front office and Shane and his staff and Dable, and they're all aligned. They have already a mission that they will go on this offseason, whether it's bringing guys in, how they will attack the draft. They're going to play. I think they're going to coach to win games. I'm not going to come out here and just and say that they're going to try and tank, try and lose. Right. This game against New England in two weeks will be very, very interesting to see what these two teams look like because if for whatever reason it looks like one of these teams might be throwing it, I don't know. I mean, even look at New England last oh. the game. Mac Jones is obvious. I've called them garbage wrapped in poo. They bring in Bailey Zappi. Is that a, you know what, let's not give Mac Jones any sort of way to make a play? Or is this them trying to win, even though Bailey Zappi clearly does not have the skill set yet, at least, so, to get them a win? So that game, to me, I'm watching because 
I, I want to see what these two terrible teams look like. And maybe there's a muff punt. So to, to throw for a pick. I don't know. I can't imagine the staffs of each of these teams doing that, but I don't know. That, to that point, uh, again, and, and this was the same in the same moment where when Boomer said this too. And I think the thing is one, I, I don't think any, I really don't think any tanking is going to occur uh, for a couple reasons. One, Bill Belichick's not going to tank because I don't think Bill Belichick plans on riding it out with the New England organization long enough to see the fruits of their upcoming draft picks in the next couple of years. Uh, so I don't think he would initiate any subtle tanking methods. Brian Dable is coaching for his job. Uh, he's coaching for his career as a future NFL head coach. So I don't think he would initiate any tanking methods himself. What you'll have to look for, Dennis, and, and Boomer made this point, is now that you're seeing more of, of this discomfort on the sidelines of players getting into it with other players, getting into it with the coaching staff, are you go- with the defense who you and I have mentioned? How much longer are they having fun? How much longer are they trying hard when the offense isn't doing jack for them on the other side of the ball? Do you start seeing players just purposely just not caring, either because they don't care and they don't want the current regime to do well? Is it because they don't want to risk uh, serious injury for their future careers? Do you start seeing? some of that um and there's reason to think that could that could potentially happen based on what we've seen transpire in the media rooms and on the sidelines the last couple weeks so that'll be interesting but because of who the patriots and giants are led by i'd be very surprised if there is tanking if it's obvious enough to see kind of like with the eagles when the eagles were tanking um, a couple years ago, and it was uh, very blatant. Yeah, and there was no punishment to it. And then Eagles fans' response was, "Well, if you're mad at us for doing this, maybe you should have done better in the season, so you wouldn't be in that position." Fair point. But it well, was and, that, and that's why I, I I bring that up. So I think I think you're totally right with New England. I just wouldn't believe that that would happen. The Giants, I'd like to believe it wouldn't happen, but you have to look at Philly doing something to benefit only Philly in that scenario. So why wouldn't the Giants do something to only benefit the Giants? This is the are these are two teams assuming that we lose to Washington this week because that's a team that looks like they're trying to play for the playoff spot. They looked yeah. really good against the Seattle team. Again, another good team, another team with playoff aspirations, another team that was in the playoffs last year, hostile environment, and they almost won. They probably should have won that football game if not for their defense completely collapsing in the final 50 seconds of it. So chalk it up as a loss against Washington. Why would the Giants come out and fight now? I mean, they barely won the first meeting, and that was just because the defense looked otherworldly. So now the, and assuming New England loses, these two teams go in with identical records, both with two wins. The Giants are going to look at this, well, both of these franchises need franchise quarterbacks. Both of these franchises will be picking in the top three, we need to be in front of that. I again, I know you won't be okay with this. <laughs> you never want a coach to lose. 
It doesn't make sense. And that's the, I don't know, former players, they always talk about this where the fan thinks this way, but the guys on the field want to win. Why would they want to go out there and lose so they could get somebody that they don't even know they definitely have and they don't even know, they don't know who this person is. We also could go get him. He could tank. He could he could be a terrible or a bust. I'm sorry. And, and they cannot and they cannot even be on, and they cannot even be on the team the next year. To, to that meet. that too. They're 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 fighting for their lives. You want me to go out there and throw an interception? You want me to go out there and fumble? You want me to go out there and miss a tackle? This is my livelihood, bro. Coaching staff, whether they're in agreement with the front office or whatever, but again, like, so I don't believe it would actually happen. But at the same time, God, I hope New England beats the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> just give us the loss because that I, I, it'll be it'll be ugly i mean the rest of the season because again it's so it's so early and i'm still a firm believer in bryce young big time but don't you for a second think that anybody any i don't know who was a panthers fan i've never met a panthers fan in my entire life but don't tell me they're not sitting on pins and needles right now watching what cj strout is doing who's just entered the mvp conversation being like oh shit did we get the wrong guy? Yeah. Did we trade? Did we trade up for the wrong guy? Yeah. And, and, and a couple thoughts before, because again, I, I mentioned it. We're going to just keep talking about it. Cause that's the nature of the giants team right now, the, the draft and all that stuff. But uh, just a couple thoughts going back. I mean, one, you mentioned the wink Martindale, Mike Kafka off season talks about how they were prime candidates for head coaching jobs. That ship is Long sailed away, Dennis. Um, and it wasn't like they were offered head coaching jobs and turned it down so they could go back to being coordinators with New York. And now they're like, shit, we should have taken it when we had it. No, they, they didn't get the jobs that they were. I mean, they were heavily favored. They were really solid candidates. They just didn't get it. That chance is at least for the time being is gone. Um so they'll be back with the Giants unless the Giants don't want them around anymore, which, you know, Dennis potentially entered Ken Dorsey. I mean, the Giants, how, how much how much of the Buffalo Bills personnel on and off the field have the Giants brought over in the last yeah, years? So you say that, my first reaction is why the hell would they do that? We've seen how Buffalo has looked this year, but... Exactly, but... <laughs> <laughs> that, makes, that almost makes too much sense. Brian Dable's going to take over play calling, or even they, even Dorsey does it, but it's Dable has more of a handle on it. Yeah, it makes too much sense. Yeah, whether right. or not we agree with it or like it or not, it, it makes too much sense that Ken Dorsey would at least be a very. You know, to we don't have to. I don't care enough to Google it. Do you know where Kafka came from? Before he was with, before he got the OC job. He was, I am going to Google it, but he, let me see if I can get it before it comes up. He came in Chicago, was it? He, that's my stream, blah, 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 blah. Riveting podcast. Oh, the Chiefs. Uh, it was the Chiefs. Yeah, that's right. He was quarterback. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because everyone was like, oh, we get the quarterback's coach, Patrick Mahomes. He saw the development of him. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that because he's just not someone I want to think about right now. Um, but the other thoughts, just to, to kind of go back to some of the, the comments he made, too. Um, the the Tommy DeVito thing, again, the guy's not cut out to be a quarterback, but I have no 
ill will towards Tommy DeVito. Not like know that. It's I mean, come on, it's his first start. The guy wasn't drafted. He's got he's got a few chances. Um, but I will say, I will defend him here. I'm 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 gonna defend Tommy DeVito. The I I have a problem with everyone getting on him about still living with his parents. He's like, my mom still helps make my bed. She makes dinner for me a lot. Now, I didn't hear him say that, but I believe that was like a tongue-in-cheek. He's making a joke. Like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, I still live with my parents. My mom makes my bed. He wasn't like, my my mother makes my bed. Like, it it wasn't one of these. She cuts my toast in the diagonals. I mean, if he's he's living at home with his parents, I'm... I had to drink Powerade Zero because there's too much sugar in the regular Powerade. I'm assuming his relationship is good enough with his parents that if he's living with them, she helps keep his personal space nice and tidy but dennis that made me think of when i saw that i was like you know i remember uh going to college then graduating college and then immediately moving to orlando and being like this is awesome i get to to go explore see the world do things that i couldn't necessarily do before because my parents would frown on it like if i stayed out too late or went to the bar went to a house party or whatever. Now I can do all those things. And, and I would like, look at like friends that, that stayed at their parents' house. Like after college, went back to their parents' house and I would be like, man, initially I'd be like that, that must stink. And then I got to a point when like, you'd look at the bank account and be like, man, living with my mom actually sounds like it would be awesome. Like you get home cooked meals all the time. You get to save your money. Maybe you don't pay rent and you just clean up to help pay the rent. That sounds great. That guy is on an NFL contract and lives with his lives with his parents. So that dude's got to be doing pretty well for himself, I, I would have to. So that's like Blue Mountain State vibes, except if he'd already graduated Blue Mountain State. I mean, dude, like, not to – just because of the situation, the housing market sucks. My youngest brother is older than him. He still lives at home. When I was Tommy DeVito's age, I lived at home. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I'm saying I did not. I did not. If live. I had a job. Well, I can't say this. I, I guess if I had a job for a couple of years in Connecticut, I would not be living at home. But there would be. I mean, I think all of our closest friends, the people that the majority of the people that listen to this podcast, lived at home for a very, very long time. Yeah. Before they decided to go and get an apartment or go buy a house. Yeah. A lot of them were able to buy a house because they lived at home for so long. I always remember Dennis. I always remember that that was like almost like a and it, it was a societal thing, like a a sign of success that you you moved out of mom and dad's house. And then once I did, I was like, "That's a that's a load of baloney." I, I was like, "I should I should still be at mom and dad's house because that seems like a financially times have changed." That is a, a financial, if you get along with your parents and they don't mind having you there and, you know, you could do some some crap around the house to, to to pay for your own or pay your dues or whatever you want to call it. Like, that's that's a good situation. Why why the heck? Why the heck not? So I, I don't under, I think. Like I would love to be a fly on the wall of that house. Like, what do you think that family's going to talk about next week at Thanksgiving? You got your son, nephew, whatever, cousin, whatever it might be, starting quarterback on the Giants. They suck. You're assuming that most of them are either Giants fans, and if not, maybe a couple are Jets. Couple of them are Jets fans. The Jets haven't scored an offensive touchdown in like eleven or twelve quarters, so they suck. I can only imagine the conversations being had about NFL football, and they literally have an NFL guy 
who's only being talked about because he lives with his mom. If he had an apartment in New York, nobody would be talking about Tommy DeVito. But because he lives with his mom and dad, they're talking about him. Yeah, and also that could be a fly on the wall at that Thanksgiving. I think that his last name is DeVito, but I think the same thing. And what, and what I've heard, and, what I'm, I say? and I'm glad I've been hearing this. I've been hearing this on New York radio. I've been hearing on New York television media is that, like, you know, what a what a cool thing for him. New Jersey guy, undrafted, and then gets to play for the team in his backyard. And I think that's that's a cool thing. And I think the way people are looking at it is he is obviously not set up for success. So the fact alone that he's able to start for the Giants, start for his backyard team, and, you know, occasionally have a good player to throw a touchdown pass or two, one to Sterling Shepard. So good for him. They're, they're, it's, they're celebrating what it is, which I think should be celebrated. Um, Dennis, let me go through the remainder of my notes here before we move on uh, from the Dallas loss, uh, just to make sure I'm getting everything here. Let's, let's, Let's talk, and again, we'll be able to talk about this week in, week out through the remainder of the season, through the dead of winter, and into the spring. We'll talk about it pretty much every episode. But every episode, it kind of changes a little bit more. It, it doesn't really change, but when it's like, once you think you're going to be sick about talking about it, or sick of talking about it, it's just more intriguing. Dennis, I want your unbiased prediction right now, where Impossible. it's regardless of if you are rooting for the Giants or rooting for the Blues. What are the Giants' chances realistically? Ignore any potential trades, ignore any potential draft capital in play. What are the chances, in your opinion, of the Giants getting the first pick in the draft? First overall? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. I'd go as high as 35 40%. Look, even if Justin Fields, who is hoped to be playing for Chicago this way. They hope that he's playing. Even if he is playing, they're still not a good football team. And I don't know their schedule offhand, but say they, you know, they're going to have to rattle off a couple of wins. And look, again, it, it sucks because you just said unbiased. Could the Giants beat Washington this weekend? They absolutely can. Washington's not very good. If the Giants show up and have another great defensive performance, they're also not offensively talented as offensively talented as Dallas. And we watched a Washington team a couple of weeks ago that they couldn't muster any points. The only reason it was a game was because the giants muffed a punt. So could they beat Washington? Absolutely. They could. I don't think they will, but they could. And could they beat new England? (laughs) Gosh, darn it. Those dudes went to, (laughs) they went to Deutschland and they couldn't even score. What was the game? 10, seven. It was ridiculous. I can't wait to watch it. And let's be honest, New England's got a good defense. I don't think I'm biased here at all. The Giants have a better defense. So those two teams are going to play. Goodness gracious, first team to three. Chalk up the W. So those are two potential wins right there, at least one. They need two wins to jump Arizona. Arizona's not a very good football team. And they had all the opportunities in the world to beat Atlanta. Still can or no, they just beat Atlanta, right? Yeah. So Atlanta, had, I mean, Arthur Smith, he's getting fired. Uh, no doubt about it. If he kept the mustache, maybe he survives, but since he shaved that. Yeah, no, Arizona, I mean, it's exactly what we were kind of saying. Arizona's getting and, and Carolina, like Carolina's pick 
if they continue to absolutely suck, Chicago is still going to be number one. They'll have that. They'll just. Also, but but here's the thing, and I don't think they're necessary. I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. We said they are getting Kyler Murray back. Kyle Murray or Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. So if Kyler Murray play, you're not making the playoffs. But if Kyler Murray plays his tush off the rest of the year, and you're obviously out of a top three, maybe top four pick, but you can still get a fifth or sixth pick. Why would you not go for an offensive weapon or maybe trade up to get an offensive weapon and keep Kyler Murray as your quarterback? I'll tell you what, too. There's a big one here. Uh, so I just, you know, curious. Google the Arizona Cardinal schedule. Any, a few of these outside of two of them. Now, we don't know what, uh, actually, this can't be the end of the season, is it? Oh, no, yeah, one more left. So, depending on what they're playing for, but assuming the starters are in there. This weekend, they get the Texans. That probably is a loss. It's at Houston. Then they get the Rams toss-up. Then they get the Steelers. Again, toss-up. Steelers, they're on the fraud list as well, Matt. I can't – this is have, – have you seen their stats? Steelers at 6-3, and three, minus point differential. They've been outscored like half a dozen times this year. This They might be worse than the Minnesota Vikings. And they're gonna I was going to – Find I a way was, to sneak into the playoffs. It's unbelievable. I was going to ask, are these your Vikings? Of that this team year? is booty. It's unbelievable. Then they get the Niners. That's going to be a loss. Christmas Eve, they play the Bears. That is a big one for potential – yeah. Pick in the draft, and then they uh end the season with Philly and Seattle. Both teams again, Philly assuming they're still playing for the number one seed, and then Seattle will absolutely be playing for a playoff spot. Yeah, they're not the easiest of schedules, they could very well not win a single game on that schedule, but uh, they could very easily win two or three. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting. I do think if if you are solely rooting for Giants draft picks. I think the Giants are in a better position, though, than a lot of these because I think Bryce Young is better than Tommy DeVito. I think Kyler Murray is obviously a lot better than Tommy DeVito. Zappy, you can make a, a case, is better than Tommy DeVito. So the Giants, in this race to the bottom, might have the worst starting quarterback right now. Um, no, off- no offense to Bailey Zappy, but I met the guy. He's my height. Could you imagine me running around in the backfield trying to sling a football? No, you couldn't. I mean, you have you have played football. I have, so. and I'm pretty spry in my feet. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I'll get I'll ring up old Billy. Maybe you still got it. Um, yeah, that's just a couple couple more things. Uh, but yeah, it. We'll see. I mean, again, the Giants. I don't see any way that the Giants rattle off any more than two wins if they even win another game this season. So I think the giants are safe in the top five. How, how much fun do you think we could? Oh, I a hundred percent agree with that top five, which, which gets Unbiased you completely hundred percent agree with that. Dennis Marvin Harrison is going to go in the top five. So you got to well, think who shared, who shared the, that graphic in our infamous group chat with the bears taking Harrison one, the giants getting in the second. That pick. was, that was Mike Osa, but also there's a hundred different mock drafts. I don't, I looked at the site. I don't even know what, site that was that he was sharing that from well i mean every site and their mother has a as you said but right but so but what what i'm saying is for for giants fans that may not share my enthusiasm for still rooting for this team to win the giants are are gonna get a top five pick which you figure harrison goes top three you figure caleb williams probably goes number one if the giants fall out of three 
what you're still getting a shot at Penix. Well, there's a multitude. It's Drake May, it's Michael Penix, it's Bo oh, Nick. Drake, Drake May, I think, would go in this situation. My personal prediction right now, I think Caleb Williams would go one. I think Harrison would go two. Obviously, this could change depending on how the draft order changes. But I think Williams would go one. Harrison would go two. Drake May would go three. Would be my is my prediction right now. Oh, so you're saying he's gone before the Giants get to pick? What I'm saying is, this is the thing too. I don't I don't necessarily where, where I'm at, where especially with some of the defenders coming out. Even and especially Marvin Harrison, if you're Carolina, Bryce Young needs somebody to throw the football to. So if you believe in Bryce Young, you traded up for him a year ago. He's only there for a year. I don't think Frank Reich is your answer at head coach. You're probably looking elsewhere within a year or two for a head coach. You tried everything to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. So he has a legit, you're pairing him with a Heisman Trophy candidate at wide receiver. No, it's, I, I it's... Think that has to be their their play and look I, i'm not totally against two where daniel jones is our guy they've already paid him if this organization wants him to be the guy then go get marvin harrison yes when you when you look at the teams that are favored that at, at any point it's like a big shuffling match at any point can get the number one pick obviously the new england patriots chicago bears carolina panthers arizona cardinals new york giants look at all of them there's maybe one team out of all of those that there's a that has the highest chance that they are going to go quarterback and not stick with their guy, which would be the New England Patriots. Chicago Bears could very well stick with Justin Fields. Arizona Cardinals could very well stick with Kyler Murray. The Carolina Panthers could very could very well stick with, with Bryce Young. The Giants, probably not as likely as those last two or three I named, but the Giants could very well stick with Daniel Jones and try to get Marvin Harrison. To so, me, it's the to me it's the other teams. It's what is what is, Vegas, what is Vegas do? Vegas right now is kind of in that playoff hunt. If they continue to play well, is do they really believe in Aiden O'Connell? That's going to be their guy. He's going to try to be their Brock Purdy, maybe. But I, I think they absolutely throw their hat in the ring for a franchise type quarterback like one of these guys. I don't know if the Jets do something. Aaron Rodgers is only going to play for so long. I don't know if that means you go out and get someone that's already in their mid twenties, like Bo Nix or Michael Penix, but. I think there are teams. What's Minnesota do? Josh Dobbs is there. Josh Dobbs is America's quarterback right now, but that's not your franchise quarterback. What does Pittsburgh do? Pittsburgh's probably going to find their way playing for the playoffs. If not, is Kenny freaking Pickett your quarterback? I I would take Daniel. Uh, I don't want to say this in absolutes, but I might take Daniel Jones over Kenny Pickett right now. You know what I mean? I would. So there's a lot of teams that are going to have a lot of questions and. I'm also saying, like, we're going to talk about Marvin Harrison a lot on this podcast, obviously, because there's going to be a lot of pre-draft talk with where the Giants find themselves. But he's not the only legit wide receiver that will be in this draft. We're going to have a year in the, where um, Jamar Chase went, and we saw the influx of Henry Ruggs and CeeDee Lamb and who the Devontae Smith, like, those guys. There are legit Bolitnikoff. Washington's got two of them. Uh, neighbors from LSU. Hell, depending on what we but, see from the combine, Jaden Daniels at LSU is putting up numbers that have never been done before at the FBS level. He's not getting enough talked about grand scheme wise because LSU has three losses. He's not going to play in the SEC title game. He's not going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. It, but he is already shattering records that Joe Burrow broke completion percentage, passing yards, 
passing attempts, rushing yards. He just broke an FBS record because he ran for over 200 yards and threw for over 350. It's ridiculous. So he might be an option. Suffice it to say, there's a lot of guys coming out of college. Yeah, no, but my only thing with that one is, like, some of the teams you mentioned, like, yeah, they could definitely go quarterback, but, like, the Steelers aren't going to get a pick that high. The Raiders aren't going to pick They're that high. They're not going to, but they could trade the trade That's the farm to get right. up there. That's right. the problem. So that would and a be... team like Chicago, who, let's say they like Justin Fields, he's our guy. All right, that's fine. We'll take Joe Alt from Notre Dame to protect him, or we'll take Harrison so he could throw him the ball, and then somebody else come and take the number one pick and give us this allotment of picks for this new regime that's in that's trying to rebuild things in Chicago. That's all I'm saying. They don't yeah, need to necessarily make two picks there. This will change 100 billion times. What I'm, what my argument initially is, is that Giants fans, if your sole concern at this point is the draft, there, there's no way the Giants fall out of that top five, unless barring, barring just some insane um, – stretch in the, in the back half of the season here so the Giants at the very least they want to go quarterback can look at Penix from Washington who should be available at four or five at the very least a JJ McCarthy um that'll be interesting to see the Heisman uh hunt with all the Michigan uh, are you saying the Giants got JJ McCarthy is not going to be a first round quarterback I think he will no I think I think he will I mean I think it's what's going to change is what transpires with Michigan uh situation. I that has nothing to Matt, Michigan beat Penn State. JJ McCarthy didn't complete or attempt a pass. He attempted one pass in the second half. It was a bad game. JJ McCarthy's still gonna be a first round quarterback. No, he's not. I will make that bet right now. He will not be a first round quarterback. You're out of your mind. He'll, he'll be a first round quarterback. He's in the, he was in the Heisman contention because Michigan is a great I mean, team and he's not can that change by the end of the season? Sure, but as of now, JJ McCarthy will be a first round. First oh, round. okay. Until it, uh, what was the guy that fell uh, last year? Fell into the second round. That yes. everyone, yeah, maybe it's a situation like that. But it will not be a situation like that. That was a Pretty down common. year where there were three guys. Pretty the NFL common. people hype up. JJ McCarthy is not going to at all be talked about as a first round quarterback. Well, he is being talked about as a first round quarterback. By <laughs> by who? Mel Kuyper and them that don't know anything, they don't know anything. Yeah. Every year this ha- this happens. People, they hype these guys up and no. I mean, hype up there with the rest of them. All right, Dennis, moving only, on. Only because Michigan is undefeated and they might go to the college football. Play. Let's no. finish this right Speaking here. of Georgia, they jumped Ohio State this week. Let's finish Jumped's this right. We'll get to, we'll get to picks. Um, this, this came up too on local radio and – um, there was a conversation going back and forth on, on New York radio about Wellington Mara and what he did not only for the Giants organization, but the NFL. And then obviously you and I have, have criticized uh, at length uh, John Mara and how he doesn't seem to know what direction to go, whether it's, it's Joe judge, whether it's Pat Shermer, whether it's Ben McAdoo, whether it's the way, uh, the letting go of Tom Coughlin had been handled and, and how Tom Coughlin felt about him. One thing that I do give him credit for, and, and the guys at WFAN have, have complimented him for as well, is that he does listen to the fans. Like he doesn't come out like some of the Yankees front office we've seen recently. Say so that the fans. That's where are, I thought you were going with, because uh, obviously you saw our awesome GM's comments about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carlo. Yeah. Yeah. And. Obviously, 
yeah, like they're just like, nope, the fans are stupid. They don't know anything. The writers are stupid. They don't know anything. But John Mayer is always someone that has has heard the fans, cares deeply about the fans as much as I don't think he knows how to run this organization. Um, but has taken what the fans have said into account. Um, and a concern that was was said on there was, and everyone's in agreement, I think you and I are as well in most of the infamous Giants group chat, that Brian Dable and Joe Shane are safe and should be safe because we can't just keep firing coaches every two years. Like, you got to see this through. Half of the team are not their guys that they brought in. These are guys that they inherited, that they were being good sports about, and we're like, all right, we can make this work if we do well in the draft last year. But a concern is with how much John Mara has stake, obviously, with his family history in the organization and how upset the fans in the city are. Does he tap more so into his emotions than, say, logic and and make a move and say this isn't working? I got to save my organization. Brian Dable is not the guy. You're saying that you think Brian Dable's not the guy? No, I'm not saying that. That that was a a thought on WFAN that John Mara might just be so upset that he has not been able to get this right since Coughlin left. Oh, that gee, no, I don't think him. if he has that those thoughts, it's worse off than we thought. I I think you throw this season out with the bathwater. Don't you have to look at it and. It went wrong from the freaking get-go. The first drive of this season set in stone what we have seen this year. So I think you throw everything out, and that's why I think you see major changes. That's why I really believe they get rid of Daniel, or they just keep Daniel Jones, or they eat his contract, whatever they're going to do, keep him as a serviceable backup, and then you pay him, and off he goes next year. And. I'd like to see them sign Saquon Barkley, but again, they have to scrap this team and go full rebuild. And if that means not getting an elite level talent at running back right now for 14 to $16 million, like what he wants, then so be it. Let him go off, let him go play for a team and try to win a Super Bowl. Totally fine. There are teams out there that will give him close to, if not a little more than say the franchise tag, and he can go play in a great situation. I, If there are thoughts in the owner's head right now that maybe Dable's not the guy and we got to start over again after we finally did things the right way, hiring the GM and the GM bringing the guy in that he wants, and they're both coming from the same organization, both having ties to each other, working together, absolutely not. I, I, I will say this. If any of that happens, if Brian Dable is the scapegoat for this season. And let's let's be fair here. Call spade a spade. A lot of this is on him. Right. But you ax him this year. I don't know how I would handle being a Giants fan. It'd be no. very similar to what's going on with me internally with the Yankees, that I can't stand the organization. We're in agreement. No, we're we're in absolute agreement on that. I, I think I think we you just got a little rise out of me there. Well, you know, I'm not no. feeling about that. I was doing well. I can tell I've not seen you this upset since uh, an hour or two ago when uh, Mike Osa was talking about Kool Aid history. I don't know what the deal is. He's a cool. He seems like a cool dude. I've never. Unintended. 
<laughs> you were dropping paragraphs in defense of his. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, I'm in a, I'm complete. I'm in complete. I hope the Giants draft him. Let's not even go after quarterback or receiver. Let's sure up the defense. Legion of Boom in New York style. We'll have Deontay Banks on one side, Kool Aid, Kool Aid on the other. Somebody will bring yeah, back no. the uh, great line from Stuart Scott. It's cool as the other side of the pillow. Every time he takes one of the house, pick six. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but, uh, back to back to Dable Shane. Complete agreement with it. They they may not be the guys long term. They may not get us back to the promised land of the Super Bowl or, or Super Bowl contention or being one of the top teams in the NFL. But we got it. We've we've tried this two year thing. It has not worked. We last year, I'm not going to call it a fluke because it wasn't a fluke. Everything clicked at the right time. There was no luck involved. We won games because the team played their damn asses off. Daniel Jones played his damn ass off. The the coaching staff from Dable to Kafka to Martindale got creative with a team. And some of these plays made the team, granted, look better than they actually were. But they beat teams they shouldn't have beaten. They hung in there. They found ways to win that we weren't seeing in the Pat Shermer era and the Ben McAdoo era, even at the back end of the Tom Coughlin era. They went on the road and beat a team on the road in a hostile hostile environment and then lost to a team that is on another level and another trajectory, another point in their timeline than the Giants are on. So at the end of the day, at the end of the season – Maybe it would have been better for the Dable Shane regime if that year didn't happen because it gave fans like you and I and the New York media a false sense that this team was on another another point in their timeline back to success than they were actually on. So we went into this year with expectations through the roof that probably should not probably were not legitimate, reasonable expectations for where the team was in this rebuild. And that's a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm of things that went wrong. It was a perfect storm of the expectations were too high. The health of this team was terrible as it's been year in, year out. I think you saw players and and coaches alike kind of collapse under the pressure of those expectations. And just the perfect storm. But Dennis, I completely agree with you. Like I, I hope John Mara does not let the emotions get the best of him. I hope he rides this through because you just gotta you gotta just this year you gotta forget about it. Next year, Dennis, do we make the playoffs? Probably not. But you gotta start rebuilding this. Last year, again, I will not call it a fluke. I don't think it was a fluke. I agree with you in saying that last year wasn't a fluke. It's to your point, too, where maybe we got a little overzealous with the expectations of last year and viewing games in a different light than we should have. Oh, we went into London. We beat the Packers. The Packers weren't a playoff team. They needed to win their last game at home to make the playoffs, and they couldn't do that against a team that, now, albeit Lions, hell of a second-half run, and we're – seeing how great they are this year, but a team that hadn't won in Lambeau in like a decade. So they couldn't get that to Baltimore caught them at home, right time, some big turnovers. We still didn't score 
over 30 points until late in the season against Indy. That was still a milestone that this Giants team hit. So it's not like the offense was this juggernaut last year. They were just doing enough, and the defense did that much better. And this year, I don't. it's what you said, I think perfect storm. It did not help playing the teams that they played early in the season, most of them being in prime time. And one thing after another, a couple of injuries hit, and all of a sudden it it doesn't take much for a team to just completely get defeated. Now, again, this is on the coaching staff for not keeping things together, but we had a the, the Giants had a little stretch. You beat Washington or the uh the the Bills game. That's a game that you need to win. Take that moment. The Washington game, you're in that look at what this defense is doing. We're up, what was it, 14 nothing or 14 at halftime? Okay, this team looks different. Now the Jets, same thing, defense. But the offense and how stagnant they look and how awful they look. Where is the growth from last year? So that's why I'm wonder I, I wonder if if the big change, if any, is on the offensive side, if it's if Kafka, he takes the brunt of it. Because I'm sorry, in the two look, I know you were a quarterback coach for the Chiefs. I know Patrick Mahomes is a second coming of Jesus H. Christ, but you're a quarterback coach guy. Like, you know, you come here, I don't see any sort of amazing creativity. Saquon has a great year. Of course, he's going to have a great year. If he stays healthy, the dude can do – he's an all-time talent. Giants offense hasn't looked amazing in the two years that he's been here. So maybe he's the one that has to take the brunt of it. He'll find a job elsewhere, and maybe he does better with more talent that he gets at the time. I don't know. And the Giants find somebody else. Dable maybe takes over play calling duties. Who knows? We're still we still don't know if Dable took over in that Arizona game. The Giants went six quarters to start this year without scoring a, a point or a touchdown. I'm sorry, no, a point. We got shut out against Dallas. A whole point. So then we're oh, did Dable take over play calling duties? Well, if he did, tip of the cap to you because they came back and won. But I mean, I think again we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But I I think. And unfortunately, this is the negative or unfortunate side of the game is there will need to be a scapegoat. And I think Kafka is the easy, easy choice. And maybe I'm, would I be crazy about Ken Dorsey? No, but that might make sense. And you have a guy, a proven guy right there that you bring in in the offseason right up to the season ends on was it Black Monday, as they call it. Well, and that's what I mean. That's just one. There will be a bevy of more coordinators to get fired. There will be head coaches that were former coordinators that are going to get fired. So there will be guys that are available if you think it's the right decision to move away from Kafka, get some fresh eyes in there. And now Giants' expectations will be at an all-time low. So you call yep. out there and score 17 points, we'll, we'll call it a win. Then it's time slipping away, so um, uh, obviously we will do another show later in the week, and that's uh, we will preview Giants Commanders, which oh man, this keeps on <laughs> keeps on going. Then we got uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll do, I believe, I mean, we might have to go back to a one episode format next week because we do have Thanksgiving, and I'll be on the road. I'll be up in Philly, as I typically am for Thanksgiving. Uh, for a couple days um but yeah we'll get to we'll get to picks for the upcoming weekend we'll get to giants commanders uh preview um and their injuries too we didn't even mention jalen hyatt's concussed Kayvon Thibodeau's concussed it just goes on and on um yeah they're fine 
Dennis, what are our, uh, what are the picks looking like uh, after this past week? We do have a new leader. Uh, one. Oh wait, I got rid of the list. Hold on, hold on. Technical difficulties as I scroll down. There we go. Oh, the great Greg Costelli has finally taken the lead. He had a uh, hell of a week last week. He is thirty nine twenty five and three, all by himself, followed by. Mr. Mike Osa, 37, 26, and 3, tied with number one fan, Nick Burns, 37, 26, and 3. He shall not be named, slipping down the leaderboard ever so gracefully. 36, 26, and 3, holding the slim lead over Giants insider Cutie Pie Kyle Barron at 36, 27, and 3. Mateo, you still hold the one game over me because we had identical uh, picks this week. So you're 32, 30, and 3, 31, 30, and 3 for myself. And shout out, even though he is still well in last place, the Italian Stallion, Steve Salvo, 26, 36, and 3, but a near-perfect week. We all, uh, if you're paying attention, we got a third uh, push with the Chargers-Lions game ending at three points. That's what the spread was. Uh, so that was the only game that did not hit for him. Other than that, 5-0. and So. We're all pretty close. It only takes a week or two of somebody having a great week, bad week, for the leaderboard to really switch up. So, and as Winnipeg scores another goal, Dennis will turn this off. Devils are just going through it right now. It's not. It's not been well. What? A, uh, what's the score right now? It's like five to two. Um, you know what is going well? My Boston Bruins are doing very well and uh i've noticed i've been talking to uh the barry melrose they're doing well the rangers are doing well it's great i really start to finally care about hockey two teams i hate the most doing great so just for it just works out you know what i mean this is my life this is it um i I know i was saying i've been talking to the barry melrose of the podcast uh one rhino bear from our north haven studios um and he is planning on coming on the show uh we just got to figure out uh how it works yeah what are we doing building the hype i thought he was coming on last week and now just nothing he was he was but i think it was just the work schedule and what time we were planning on doing it didn't really pan out so it's um dennis with with that having been said i wanted to throw one more thing out out Atcha and I mentioned it in the infamous Giants group chat that we would discuss this um, on Stephen A's uh, Stephen A. Smith's podcast. Um, now he he doesn't just do sports. Now he's doing politics and the weather and the economy and blah 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 blah. Like an ESPN podcast. I don't know if it's on ESPN. I just know he does this, and he's literally just talking about. I'm like, okay, Stephen, I barely listen to you when you're talking about sports. Now I gotta listen to you talking about politics. And uh, one conversation, he had a debate, and he's looking directly at the camera, very serious. This wasn't a tongue-in-cheek debate. And he was debating, and I kid you not, and you can watch this, I believe you can look it up on YouTube, where he was debating with his listeners, what is, uh, on the seven-day week, what is the worst day of the week to be horny? (laughs) And initially, I was like, why is he debating this? And then I, as anyone would, came up with my own like response to that question and then threw it into the group chat. And everyone was like, why is Stephen? But then everyone else, that, that's it. There are strong opinions on this matter. So as much as I want to make fun of Stephen A for discussing 
the worst day of the week to be horny, this is an important conversation. And my, my pick, and I have my number one pick and my number two, my backup pick for worst days of the week to be horny. I think Sunday is one of the worst, followed by Monday. And I'll tell you why. I think Sunday, you got other stuff going on. You got football, blah, blah, blah. Chances are. Yeah, but what about the rest of the year? Football's four months long. Oh, hold on. Let me finish. Chances oh, are, okay. too, if you work a regular, like most people do, I unfortunately do not. But if you work a regular Monday to Friday, and you got to be up anywhere from 6 to 9 a.m. on Monday, chances are you were up late Friday, probably drinking, having fun, eating some greasy food that wasn't healthy for you. Saturday night, you're probably doing the same thing. That when Sunday night rolls around and you get the Sunday scaries, you realize you got to be at work. Ask crack Monday morning and the fun's over until next weekend. And you get horny or you're you're still a little uh, like hungover from the night before. And that's kind of kicking in. You don't have the energy. Your significant other doesn't have the energy. If you're a single person, people aren't rolling out Sunday night football, watching Carrie Underwood Sunday night football when they got to be at work Monday morning. And like, I'm going to find someone at the bar and then we're going to do the dirty even though I got to be at the office at 7, 8 a.m. the next morning. That ain't happening. And then Monday, you're probably hungover from the weekend still. And certainly you're not meeting anyone on a Monday night at the bar. Because then you got Monday night football. I mean, if you can find someone at the bar. You remember Monday the night- great classic film, Big Daddy? He brings the kid to the bar. They're watching the Jets on Monday night football. That hottie comes over. She's like, are you watching the goddamn Jets? Flirting with him. Could have had him. He's with a kid, so that didn't happen. And then, and then Tuesday I'm morning, the kid could have had her. He was, she was flirting with the kid, not him. Yeah, but it's a kid. And then Tuesday morning, you still probably got to go to the office again if you work a Monday or Friday, eight to five, nine to five job, whatever it is. So I think Sunday, Monday, Sunday would be the number one worst day in my opinion. So I've I've two issues here. One, we'll start with you. It sounds like you're cheating almost because you're rolling in. Sunday to Monday. Like I'm horny on no, Sunday, but I got but I got football to watch. The Sunday scaries are hitting. And all of a sudden Monday morning comes and it's like, oh crap, now I got the week. I'm a little hungover from some beers that I had while watching football. Uh-oh, I'm horny again. It sounds like it's the same horny. You know what I mean? So a little bone to pick with you there. I mean, hang number hang two, two, number two, number two, and the more more uh concerning part of this is are we at all considering that Stephen A. Smith was horny himself and horny for days in a row. And he was just asking like, yeah, man, I've been horny on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. And now it's Thursday. That's my Stephen A. It's not very good, but it is what it is. He's been horny for four days and he's got, you know, I got to ask the listeners, which day is bad to be horny. And I completely disagree with you. You're saying Sunday to Monday. We can get back to you trying to, Take two days here. I'm not trying to do two days. I was saying, I said at the beginning, I said Sunday is number one worst day. If I had to pick a second worst day, it would be Monday. But Sunday night is definitely, Sunday in general would be the worst day to be morning. I think the best day you could argue is, I'd say maybe like Thursday. Because you can see the end of the week on the horizon. Yeah, but see, this is where where I kind of disagree, where if you are horny, that's why I think the worst day 
I would maybe want to pick Friday, but I think Saturday. Because let's be honest, if you work what you're saying, the normal day, you're waking up like, huh, I'm horny. Now I'm coming at this from a single man's perspective. I just assumed we could tickle the twig anytime we want. You're waking up, it's like, oh, got to do this. But then all of a sudden, like 11, 11.30 rolls around, it's like, shoot, that didn't do anything. So now what? Now you got to what? Hit the bar up for lunch, farmer's market, yoga class or something, go to the gym. Maybe you find someone. Now you got this reoccurring thought in the back of your mind, like, don't screw it up. Don't be an idiot. You're trying to, you know, do a little canoodling. Nothing happens. Now what happens? You got to go back home, eat some lunch. Now I got to shower. Now I got to get ready. Now I got to go out to try to meet somebody. I'm off my game. I've been horny the entire day. I'm going to end up at the bar, sitting by myself, eating a plate of mozzarella sticks, watching whatever dumb NBA game is on because it's Saturday night, middle of the year, and there's nothing else on except the NBA. That ends. Everyone else is dancing, having a good time. I'm sweating like a Tijuana Hua because I've just polished off a plate of mozzarella sticks. I'm going to go home and I'm going to enjoy myself in the twig for the third or fourth time that day. Depending on how bad this is, could be five or six. And I so, think that reek, that stench on you, that you're so desperately alone and you need to be with someone, permeates. And they're just like, nah, bro, get away so from me. Two thoughts. One, please do not make this topic uh in the headline of the episode because i still want to sh- share it on spotify you can put in the description but also number two so what was your worst day i think saturday is the worst day there's too much going on yeah but saturday you go, chores. go to the grocery store get your hair cut mow the lawn wash the car any number of things see but i think just saturday there's just so much less like you're doing things that are either necessary. By yourself, is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying Saturdays you're either doing things that are necessary or you're doing fun stuff because your work week in most cases is coming to an end. I Where I would think you'd be bored at work, not wanting to do what you're doing, and all you're thinking about is yeah. I'm just thinking like Sunday, Monday, that, bo- like, that bottle of Jergens. Sunday, Monday, it's like. Like you're, you're trying to be at that point, but also like you get you know the full work week is there, and you're just hungover and tired because you were up till two a.m. You keep bringing up hungover. You're you hung you hungover a lot. When I'm up on Saturday, you're not a professional. When I'm when I'm up on Saturday watching Hawaii till three o'clock in the morning Sunday night, I'm ready for bed by six thirty. I mean, also, I mean, you said Sunday the worst day. All of a sudden, you're laying in bed. Sunday scaries hit. Carrie Underwood comes on the screen. All of a sudden, light bulb. It used to be better. Dennis, put that put that on the uh, the Twitter Twitter Still poll. Hot. Put that on the Twitter poll, and then we'll get. Uh, I'm you sure. don't want me to lay, you don't want me to name this episode about this, but it's okay to put a Twitter poll out. <laughs> yes, because my family is not on Twitter or X. Um, but also, I great. we could we could do another hour on this. So let's just keep talking. Right. We'll just erase what we talked about with the Giants. No one wants to hear that. To say, but also I look forward to the social media manager there watching TV. What's her thoughts? Passed out. She's gonna work. Um, so so Tuesday is not a great night. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the Matt Scarano household, Tuesday worst night. Not a good night. What, what's the what's the, the flight of the Concord song? It's like Wednesday. Wednesday night is the night that we usually. <laughs> It's like Tuesday, we go over to your mother's and I help her work the VCR. But Wednesday, we make sweet <laughs> weekly love. 
You go to bed. I got to I got to go to bed. I got work in the morning. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> it's like, no, you go. What does he say? like, you go down to the kitchen and you're sorting out the recycling. That's not part of the, or no, now, now we're in the bathroom brushing our teeth. That's all part of the foreplay. Now you go down to do the recycling. That's not part of the foreplay, but it's still very important. <laughs> God, I love it. All right, Dennis. Man, I, actually, I think as we talk about this, I can hear the bed above us squeaking. So there might actually be something. A little, little bit of coitus? There might be some as we're Tuesday night coitus? God. All right. Dennis, I got to wrap up. We got to head out of here. Um, we are on Twitter at <laughs> Matt Dennis Pod. I uh, look forward to one by one the infamous Giants group chat listening to this and giving their giving their input on the worst game of the week to be horny. Um, I just hear Stephen A. Brother, I have I've known him since a friend. Or, or, he's been a friend for a long time, longer than I can remember. Oh God! All right, yeah, again. Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. Later in the week, Dennis hosts. Uh, he will go over our pick segment for the upcoming weekend. We'll preview Giants, Commanders, uh, maybe preview some Thanksgiving traditions. And then uh, we look forward to a month from then, just about, which will uh, be uh, the Matt and Dennis. I don't know if you can hear this above. Backing up. No, there's like squeaking and definitely doing it up there again. Um, we look forward to the Matt and Dennis Christmas episode um, just over a month away, which will unfortunately be sad, but no matter what, it's always a good time. Sponsored you never by... know, Christmas Eve, Bears and Cardinals play. We That could be the Giants Super Bowl. It, it could be. Yeah, it could be. And we always do the show in the morning. We do a hard hat for some drinks before the Christmas Eve festivities get kicked off and uh, always sponsored by the Burr family's limoncello. So um, a month away, almost a little bit over a month away till my favorite episode of the year and Christmas time is here. Dennis, do you have anything else to add? I do not. Uh, just commend you for saving this episode of the podcast with your uh, horny talk. So save the best for also, life. I'm happy for you though. It's Tuesday. So you've come out of your horniness, your worst days. So if you get horny, only better days ahead, you know? We crank it right back up right now. That's where we start Tuesday night, 1030. Just go knock on the door of the squeakers upstairs. Yeah, it's always weird because it'll happen. Like, I could tell the dude's stamina isn't good because it'll squeak for, like, five or six seconds, and then it'll stop. What if it's, like, a little kid jumping up and down on the bed? I don't think it is. I have a good feeling it's not. I think you're a sick individual. That's what I think. No, I could literally hear it. It keeps me up at night. Um, I bet it does. All right. <laughs> On X at Matt Dennis Pod, we're out of here again. Pick show later in the week. Giants Commanders preview for whoever cares about that later in the week. And um, Kentucky up on up by 12 on number one Kansas right now. So Is there like a tournament going on? Is that why Duke and Michigan State played? Yeah, that, that was a tournament. I think we're kind of getting into that Thanksgiving feast week. Yeah, feast week is next week or the week, whatever, week after, whatever it is. State Farm Champions Classic. Yeah, it is a, it's a four-team tournament with Duke and Michigan That's State. a pretty good one. Is Kentucky ranked? They got to be ranked. Kentucky 17. Yeah. 
Good game right now. All right. For my good friend, Dennis Vinci, I'm Matt Scarano. Thanks for listening to Matt and Dennis. Matt Dennis Pod on Twitter. X, excuse me. We'll talk to you later in the week. See you later. Dennis. Stay horny out there, people. Adios. Adios.